Uh, I am not going to introduce uh, our speaker today because we do have a special guest via video. Um, so I'm going to uh, ask Karen to cue that video and, and ask Mayor Lord Lightfoot to welcome our, uh, our featured guest here today at the City Club. Hello, everyone. I'm Mayor Lori Lightfoot. It's my pleasure to introduce you to someone who, for the past three years, has been a key member of my administration and a champion for the development and preservation of affordable housing across Chicago. And that, of course, is the CEO of the Chicago Housing Authority, Tracy Scott. And here and now, I can clear up the fact that Tracy Scott and I are actually two different people. So, in 2020, CEO Scott came to us from Minneapolis, where she served as the interim executive director and CEO of the Minneapolis Public Housing Authority. Prior to that, she spent nearly a decade at the Atlanta Housing Authority, where she established Atlanta's innovative programs. CEO Scott is a well-respected national thought leader in policy innovation, and we are very lucky that she chose to bring her deep well of knowledge of affordable housing development and finance here to our beloved city of Chicago. She has presided over a period of incredible growth at the CHA through every stage of the many development processes that we've worked together on. CEO Scott has proven that she's a leader who gets things done. She's also importantly a collaborator who knows how to bring in necessary partners and move projects forward. During her time at CHA together, we broke ground on over $1 billion in housing developments that will bring nearly 1,000 new housing units online, including over 500 new CHA units across the city. She has also led CHA in rehabilitating public housing for seniors and helped build generational wealth for residents by purchasing over 170 homes through historic Choose to Own program. I'm also incredibly proud of all that we've accomplished together, and I can't wait for you to hear uh, from her yourself. So without further ado, please give a warm City Club of Chicago welcome to CEO Tracy Scott. So I, I'd like to think I should start while I'm stop while I'm ahead and just sit down now. <laughs> what an introduction! Uh, so I, I, even though she's not here, I do have to thank uh, Mayor Lightfoot because uh, I, I really have to start there because it really has been a partnership and a collaboration, and her commitment to racial equity and affordable housing is unprecedented in the city. So um, I have to acknowledge her. To Dan and to the City Club members and the friends and family, I like to say, who are here uh, today, I'm really excited about talking to you today about the great work of the Chicago Housing Authority. Uh, Dan, you I know you introduced several other members, but I do want to acknowledge um, my board chair and the members of our board who are here with a special note that uh, Dr. Mildred Harris, our longest serving board member, was not able to be with us today. And then also my executive team, if you could please stand, please take the bow. <laughs> and 
I know we have many uh, partners and others. We have the director of the HUD local office here, uh, Will Dawson, and uh, many other friends. So I, I'm really glad that they're here to support me because um, my papers are getting a little crooked here. Uh, but So as many of you know, I arrived in Chicago from Atlanta by way of Minnesota, and I asked, how do you become a Chicagoan? So it's like, okay, Italian beef, eat a hot dog, Garrett's popcorn, and make friends over a beer at a neighborhood bar. And I noticed all of that was food stuff, right? (laughs) And it's also opening day, but I won't choose. So it is opening day. I've been here long enough. Just whatever you say is your favorite, that's my favorite. (laughs) So I've tried it all, but I figured a shortcut was to become a Chicagoan by baptism. So last year I did the polar plunge. (laughs) Now, I arrived in the height of the COVID crisis, May 2020, and I need you to know that for our staff at CHA, we never shut down. This leadership team, who I pointed out earlier, knows the sweat and the tears that they and all 563 CHA employees have dedicated to ensure the health and safety of 63,000 families we serve. And despite the fear, we had no major outbreaks of COVID in any CHA property, including our 49 senior buildings. So, since I haven't met many of you before, a little bit about me and how I got here. The short answer is serendipity. I have a few degrees in business and finance, and I've spent 20 years developing new technology and internet products for companies on the East Coast and Silicon Valley. And by chance, someone was recruiting people with private sector know-how to work in government. And who knew? that it would be the best decision I've made. Challenging work where I could apply innovation skills and while making a difference in people's lives. And now I serve on national industry boards and collaborate and advise on national policy while encouraging that innovation continuously at the local level. Yeah, but why public housing? What's your connection? Well, you might say that I stand before you as the product of the best ideals of public housing, two generations removed. My parents grew up in public housing. In preparing for this speech, I spoke to my father, who may be watching this on the streaming, (laughs) and he recounted moving from a cold water flat in Brooklyn to 193 Albany Avenue, apartment 3B, and yes, 50 years later, he, or sorry, 60 years later, he still remembers that. At age seven in 1950, his move meant hot running water, central heat, a refrigerator or icebox as they called it at the time, a community and dignity. And later, he would be the first in his family to attend college. My mother, grew up in the segregated Jim Crow South of Columbia, South Carolina, in Alabended Court, that's what we called it, Alabended Court, which was located next to two historically black colleges. 
She and her four brothers would also be the first generation to attend college and beyond. And my mother used to tell me stories of how they swept the dirt at their front door because they were so proud. My dad said to me again while preparing for this that we may not have had a lot of money, but we had a lot of pride. And many of us have stories like this, like my parents. In the 1950s, the hope was still alive that public housing was a stepping stone to their children's future. Unfortunately, by 1966, when Ms. Dorothy Gautreaux filed the lawsuit against CHA, HUD, and the city of Chicago, she was fighting for fairness and opportunity. In the 1960s, public housing's reputation in Chicago and the nation turned to from assisting families' progress to warehousing of the poor, to disinvestment in people and in buildings, and in public policies that held back mostly black and brown people. And while we're on, and while we're on track with for fulfilling a 2019 settlement agreement of this 1966 lawsuit, still today, every CHA decision about development and housing policy is subject to the terms of this 50-year-old decision. This limits how and where we invest in the city and compels us to be even more inventive in meeting our mission. Now that said, Chicago has changed. There's a greater need and desire to rebuild disinvested communities. To paraphrase author and activist Majora Carter, she says, you shouldn't have to move out of your neighborhood to live in a better one. In this moment, I'm reminded of the Sankofa. This is a mythical bird from South Africa. This is the Andikra symbol that you see here. The Sankofa bird flies forward while looking backward. And at CHA, we are moving forward while looking back. So today, one in 22 Chicagoans receive some sort of support from CHA. One in 22 Chicagoans. And we are not your grandfather's or grandmother's public housing or the failed public housing of the late 20th century. CHA is and must be a partner in the future of a strong, equitable, and healthy Chicago. And what we and all the experts now know is that repeating this mistake of concentrating poverty, or as the sociologists call it, concentrated disadvantage, that does not lead to positive outcomes for the majority of the people. We also know that children who grow up in communities with more economic connectedness, or what they call cross-class interaction or mixed income, those children are much more likely to rise up out of poverty. So thriving communities. Thriving communities are rich and diverse with resources like the award-winning historic redevelopment here at Lake, Lake Thrip Homes. Thriving communities have strong neighborhood public schools, commerce and jobs, transportation, green space, healthcare, heck, grocery stores. And in the 21st century, these sustainable mixed-use Mixed-income communities are the village where all feel welcome to live, learn, work, and play. 
So as much as we may want to be everything, everywhere, and all at once, if you saw the Oscar-winning film, (laughs) to fulfill our mission, we have to innovate, be creative with new financing tools, and form public-private, public-public-public partnerships, right? Because the federal government does not write a check big enough for all that we want or need in Chicago, and why should they? We're in Chicago. We can do it. Chicago's, uh, and, and, I, and I'll just point out that CHA's portfolio of public housing buildings averages about 50 years old. And across the nation, there's about $80 billion of need to preserve the existing public housing. So we must innovate. Innovate to preserve what we have and innovate to build more housing and provide services and supports for families to help them move forward. And you know when someone says innovation... First thing you think is public housing, right? (laughs) Well, I'm here to testify that innovation is our future, and it's not just about money. The partnerships are critical. So while the federal money contributes and we can leverage that, we rely on the talent and creativity of our local development partners, the city, Partners such as Department of Planning, Commissioner, thanks for being here, the Department of Housing, Department of Buildings, and others, the state finance agencies, private lenders, and investors. These these partnerships enable most of the projects that we do. Because it's usually easier to save a building than build new, our priority has been preserving the buildings we have and partnering on other neighborhood developments. This includes large family sites like Dearborn Homes, which is pictured here with the solar panels, as well as the 49 other senior buildings that I mentioned earlier. And amazingly, concrete and cinder block have stood the the test of time. But behind the walls, the systems are aging. They're inadequate. They're not energy efficient. And so the upgrades that we're making include replacing the galvanized plumbing, Electrical in the age of the internet and electrification. Elevators, improving accessibility, livability, green space, air quality. I'm here to say that sustainability will be the driving force for all of our future projects. With seniors and older adults, CHA's goal is to provide healthy aging environments that promote the physical, mental, and emotional health of residents who are 55 years of age and older. And as we rehab the buildings, we're also employing universal design principles to support these goals. Examples include open designs with lots of light, adding grab bars everywhere as a standard, expanding and adding community rooms for socialization and free internet access. We've even begun using paint colors combinations to provide contrast and enhance mood. We also provide on-site coordination and support services at our senior buildings, as well as working with the city's Golden Diners free meal program in 19 of our buildings. And where we had, we once had isolated, concentrated public housing, CHA is building new mixed income housing plus through development partnerships on our legacy public housing sites. Here's a wonderful example of mixed-use development on CHA land in Washington Park on the south side. With development partner Brinshore Michaels, in addition to the new apartments that have been built, the ground floor retail is leased by all minority-owned businesses identified through Quad City Communities. 
Pictured here is Bronzeville Winery, the award-winning restaurant and job creator and beacon for this Invest Southwest corridor. On the west side, our partner-related Midwest recently broke ground on the latest phase of Roosevelt Square, or former ABLA, New mixed income community, I'm sorry, new mixed income units in three buildings will include the National Public Housing Museum, a new grocery store, and a restaurant. And I will also mention this project is being constructed with 100% minority owned general contractors. Another first. These are other examples of new mixed use communities, which often include ground floor retail and commercial on CHA land. In the Cabrini area, we're engaged in several phases, and we expect to be seeking new partners later this year. In Lathrop, we're halfway there on the housing uh, commitments, and Phase 1B is leasing as we speak. On the former Stateway Gardens site called Park Boulevard, our partners, one of whom is here, Mr. Miller, please stand, (laughs) James Miller. (laughs) He promised me. (laughs) that they would begin leasing in June, by June. (laughs) At Ogden uh, Ogden Commons in Lawndale, the commercial phase with the medical facility and retail are complete and will be starting on the rental housing. The Chicago Housing Authority also is creatively leveraging our land in communities like Lincoln Park to provide greater access to our families. Utilizing land between two existing buildings this unique site will become a multi-generational environment. It's both the rehab and preservation of an existing apartments and a construction of a new bridge building for families in this thriving neighborhood. And our partner there is Pearl. By far, our largest program, the Housing Choice Voucher Program, HCV or Section 8 if you're familiar, utilizes more than half our budget. Over 41,000 of our 63,000 families use vouchers. Vouchers allow families to choose. It's called a housing choice program. It allows them to choose where they want to live, which is why we have families in all 77 neighborhoods in Chicago, in community areas. We depend on 14,000 private property owners to make it happen. And of course, it is one of our most popular programs and 99% of our vouchers are in use by families. This department also manages nearly 5,000 specialized vouchers, including the emergency housing vouchers, to help address families experiencing homelessness, domestic violence, human trafficking, and special programs for veterans, foster care youth, and people with disabilities. None of the buildings are important if they don't help families unlock their potential and economic power. So something we're truly proud of, I'd like to point out that we have over 800 families that have purchased a home through Chicago Housing Authority's homeownership program called Choose to Own. (laughs) 300 of those families have completely graduated off subsidy. Another round of applause for that. (laughs) 
So participants in this program receive home buyer education, credit counseling, and assistance in navigating the home buying process. And pictured here is Ms. Tashana Perkins. She was our 700th resident to purchase a home. So despite the pandemic and rising interest rates, 172 residents have become new homeowners since 2020. And many of those homeowners are also graduates of our family self-sufficiency program, which enables participants to build assets with an escrow savings account and, and coaching and support. Each person works towards their goals and then CHA dollar matches at the end. And so on average, those, those families have about $6,300 in savings to either start a new business or buy a home. As you know, education is the clearest path out of poverty, and summer is especially important to make sure our children remain engaged. Our Learn and Earn program provides stipends to engage youth as young as 13 years of age throughout the summer. Last year, 2,000 youth earned a total of $2 million in activities ranging from the arts to commuter, yeah, computer <laughs> programming. <laughs> and then... There is springboard to success. This is CHA's 501c3 nonprofit. Springboard to Success provides scholarships and supports for CHA students attending college. And last year's class of 175 students were headed to nearly 60 different colleges and universities across the country uh, using $320,000 in scholarships. Kente Elam, who is pictured up here in the top right, is a three-time scholarship award recipient. And he said he was motivated to work hard at King College Prep because he was competing with his older sister to be the first in his family to graduate college. That friendly rivalry resulted in them both attending the University of Illinois, where Kente graduated in 2022 with a degree in finance. He's two months away from obtaining his master's degree, also at the U of I. And in 2022, he completed an internship with Baker Tilly, is now working while he's in school as a tax preparer with them, and they already offered him a full-time job as soon as he graduates. <laughs> So he said that having this community is like having a sponsor who is constantly encouraging your success. So through the scholarship and programs such as our Take Flight program, we have seen the impact of these supports. 93% of the students who receive scholarships through S2S return to college and are six times more likely to complete their degrees and 34% of them graduate off of CHA subsidy. We have seen that this program works, and we want to expand it exponentially. So at your tables, if you want to support these future leaders like Kente, on your tables is a special invitation to our annual fundraiser on May 18th. It's called Flipping the Script. And my staff said that we have a $300,000 goal, but I want to hit the half million mark. Can you help? <laughs> and one of the reasons why I want to raise more money is that we want to start an endowment. And so if there are any 
tech CEOs or listening online relatives of a very large retailer based in Arkansas, um, <laughs> we welcome your, your donation to help build that cap, capital campaign. <laughs> At work, Workforce Opportunity Resource Center, CHA matches individuals with employment and careers and encourages resident-owned businesses by coaching business owners on back-office skills that are needed to be successful. Pictured here is Imani Muhammad, just one example of how we support our residents. Back in 2006, Imani operated a home daycare. Spurred by her daughter's school project, she started Imani's Original Bean Pies, and her idea has grown from her kitchen to a thriving business that supplies restaurants, stores, and mail order. And we're really, really proud of the work that she, she has done with us and on her own, of course. <laughs> we are living our values by facilitating full-time career opportunities for our residents as pathways out of poverty. CHA supports both construction-related businesses as well as professional services firms. And some of our partners are here in the audience, and James, I, I need you to stand up, Kamau, others. Um, I know we also have uh, Oracle is here, and they are starting an internship program as, uh, as part of working with us. Uh, and then I know we have several other partners who had been really working with us to figure out how do we provide career pathways, not just jobs, but careers. We are in the people business, and that includes the people who work at CHA, and our excellent and dedicated staff make possible all the things I talked about, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention them today. In this time of the great resignation, we are doing everything we can to be the preferred employer who attracts those who believe in our mission, and we also strive to be a better service to our, our residents and to be better business partners. So I want to take a moment to talk about a recent announcement we made. Earlier this month, we announced the ground lease with the Chicago Fire Football Club. This is a rare opportunity for CHA to reactivate former Abla land on the west side that sat vacant for nearly 20 years. Early on, we began talking with the nearby residents to determine how to, de how to best bring back the housing to this community while also building this new community asset. In the final analysis, $48 million in much needed resources will come to CHA to use to repair and renovate nearby housing and community buildings. And the Chicago Fire also will provide job and career opportunities and youth programming. And most importantly, for youth and young adults, they will be providing exposure and new social connections that I mentioned earlier that experts say are key to social and economic mobility. This project is also notable for other reasons. CHA and the Chicago Fire worked with the Abla Brooks Homes and other resident leadership to draw up plans that will benefit residents, referred to often as commensurate benefit agreements or community benefit agreements. And for the first time, those community investments and promises to the residents are included in the ground lease that CHA has with the Chicago Fire, and that makes them enforceable. <laughs> uh, 
CHA also worked closely with our development partner related Midwest to ensure that we can still meet our housing commitments at Roosevelt Square. And we can. As I mentioned earlier, in January, we started construction on the latest phase, which will produce 222 mixed income units by 2024. All these investments add to the vitality of the neighborhood and housing. So what's next? I, I can sit down now, I think. <laughs> We're a little tired. <laughs> this year, we are reimagining the Cabrini area and the State Street corridor areas. It's been over 10 years since CHA reviewed the plans holistically and collectively, both because of our investments and also there's been growth in the surrounding neighborhoods in that time. So we want to work with community partners to identify the best development path forward to fill in where we still have vacant land. As you can see, these, these orange squares, that's our vacant land that we still have left in Cabrini, but everything's growing up around us. At LeClaire Courts, and we have our partners here with uh, Cabrera, uh, right here, I'll just point them out. Dude. Come on, Martin, stand up. <laughs> there we go, Martin Cabrera. <laughs> this is our last legacy site where we have not uh, moved forward yet, and so we're really excited about working um, with Martin and his team and hope to break ground soon on both the commercial and residential developments. At Lathrop Homes, we're leasing the newest buildings, and we're designing the next phase of the historic site. And any minute now, actually, this is in my script, it said any minute now, but I think, absolutely, we have HUD approval, and we are closing on West Haven 2D, which is a 96-unit transit-oriented development at Lake and Damon. <laughs> We're exploring adding a new down payment assistance program, which will allow additional families who want to build wealth through home ownership. And in addition, with our development partners, we also plan to expand home ownership on the CHA legacy sites, including Roosevelt Square, Oakwood Shores, Legends, which is Robert Taylor, and Lakefront. What next? We'll keep innovating. A CHA site was chosen for HUD's Innovation and Affordable Housing Student Design Competition. So these students pictured here came from the University of Illinois, Chicago, Harvard, University of Texas, and the University of Maryland. And they were chosen to design solutions for an underdeveloped CHA site in Lincoln Park. The winning design will be presented in a ceremony in Washington, D.C. in two weeks. So I'm excited to hear what the young people have to tell us, because if you need to get something done, you know young people will tell you what needs to be done. <laughs> At every major legacy site uh, in the past three years, CHA and its partners have been instrumental in over half a billion dollars in investments, creating over a thousand units of new affordable housing with about a third of those specifically reserved for families on CHA's waiting list. Can I say that one more time? Over half a billion dollars in investments in Chicago to build housing, affordable housing, accessible housing, strong communities, and a third of those are for CHA residents. Okay, I'll let you clap on this next one. If you add in the long-term commitments that we've made using project-based vouchers, 
that's not on CHA land, but we have many of our partners like Holston, who is here working on Lawson House. If you add that in, it's been it's $1.4 billion that has been made possible in the last three years around the city of Chicago. That's 1,700 units under construction as we speak. So we have 1,700 units under construction. We expect to expand that more with the closings we have planned for 2023. And I feel like we're just getting started. We are seeking more partners. We want to work with more emerging diverse developers and businesses. We need more creative service solutions that help families and children. And so if you have any ideas, then I want to talk to you afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) So you might ask, who is CHA in the 21st century? I hope I've told you a little bit about what we're doing. But like the Sankofa, we have learned from our past and we will continue moving forward together with our public and private sector and nonprofit partners to build this community. And if I can borrow from Dr. Martin Luther King, a beloved community, a community in which everyone is cared for, absent of poverty, hunger, hate, and stigma. I envision a city filled with strong, sustainable, mixed-use, mixed-income communities where everyone feels welcome and can thrive, and where all children can dream and unleash their creativity. CHA in this century is focused and intentional because our work affords families and seniors decency, respect, and human dignity. And I can say these things with conviction because of the lived experience of my parents and grandparents and the opportunities that public housing afforded them. Many of you here today have your own similar stories and connections. Conviction, because this is Chicago. We are the city of big shoulders, the city where new ideas go to be born. Chicago, together, With the partnership and ingenuity, we can make a difference and a brighter future for all. Thank you. Thank you, you, CEO Scott. We have a couple of questions here for you. Yes. Um, And if there are others, please feel free to bring them up or hand them to Amanda. Okay, from uh, Barbara Hall at J Blends Enterprises. Um, how are you handling issues for non-payment of rent to landlords during COVID when offices were closed? Thank you. I, I think, as I said, CHA never closed. We, we've been here the whole time. Um, I, I do. I want to mention two things, and, and this goes to the partnership. Um, one. The landlords and property owners that work with us in our Housing Choice Voucher Program got their money ever since 2020. So we never closed. We continued to pay them to make sure that families continued to have stable housing. The second part is that we know that a lot of people on our program got behind on their rent through a variety of reasons, including uh, uh, losing their jobs and so on. And so while we adjusted their portion, some folks got behind, and we really had a successful partnership with the city 
uh, to get some of the ERAP funds or the emergency rental assistance funds um, through the city uh, to balance the books so that we can continue going. Um, from uh, Jackie Holston at Holston Real Estate Development Corporation. Uh, do you see the role of CHA community stakeholder growing as the final phases of redevelopment are being planned? Yes. <laughs> um, can you elaborate on that? <laughs> oh, you're not going to let me get away with it. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I think that the we are stronger when we have more voices sitting at the table. And I think the Chicago Fire Deals are perfect example of inviting in voices early on in the conversation so that we are designing not only for what we think might need to be done, but what the community thinks needs to be done. Great. From uh, Louis McCarowitz, um, who is also a member and affiliated with GuideHouse, what role do you think CHA uh, should play in addressing homelessness? Are there specific policies on homelessness that you would like to see enacted? Right. So I'm I'm very clear that uh, homelessness is is a is an issue. It's an issue across the nation, and we I think the pandemic it pointed out even more what it meant to not have a home or a stable place to go uh, during a, a global pandemic. Um, we see this as a whole of government approach. CHA, as I pointed out here, we're dealing largely with families. Uh, looking for stable long-term housing solution. We partner with the city, with the county, with uh, other agencies, and make sure that they have some resources where we can provide those resources. Um, they are dealing with the crisis areas around shelters and, and so on. And then we work with them to make sure that those families, once they're stabilized, can also then move into some housing. So as I uh, mentioned on one of the slides, um, we have about 5,000 special vouchers that we receive through HUD that allow us to work closely with All Chicago, which is the homelessness continuum uh, for the city of Chicago. And so they identify families in need, and we provide the voucher to match. Great. Um, since we do promise to yeah. try to get people out of here at okay. 1 o'clock, this will be the right. last question, even though I do have a handful more. But I believe um, CEO Scott would be happy to Absolutely. also answer those after the after the lunch. Uh, from Lillian Williams, um, are there any plans uh, for redevelopment on CH8 land at 63rd and Calumet? Hmm. Okay, I'm looking at my property. Listen. Yeah. I'm sorry? Oh, that's Washington. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, well, so we are right now looking across the portfolios. We have, we have vacant land all across the city. And so, um, similar to what I mentioned on the Cabrini Green, we're trying to rethink what's the best way to make sure that we're utilizing all of those land assets. And so I certainly will take it under advisement that someone is con wants us to look at 63rd and Calumet and make sure that that's on the list. Wonderful. Thank you very much. I was going to ask you a question about uh, major and minor accomplishments, but after your discussion, I think that's a ridiculous question. So uh, well, I, I do want to answer, actually. Would you like to answer? I do. I do. Yeah. Thank you very much. So yeah. um, a, a minor and a major accomplishment you would like to see uh, under your leadership. Right. Um, so a minor and a major accomplishment 
is to see more families who are able to graduate into whether it's homeownership or just self-sufficiency. That, to me, has to be the goal. That has to be the expectation that we are helping families grow and, and thrive. And, and so if we stay where we are today, then I won't feel very accomplished. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming today. And we would like to present you with... Uh, we're we're going to make you eat, um, eat with us more often, a, a one-year membership oh, well, to the City Club you. of thank Chicago. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.